close the sermon serial with skeletons in the closet. Because I like just like doing things in fours, you know. Well, we've been in the sermon series, Skeletons in the Closet, and we've been speaking about just the deep, dark things that we put in the closet that we never look back at again, we never want to deal with again, we just want to leave them in the past. But sometimes our past can get in the way of our future. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. But what we've learned through this series, through myself teaching you, uh, Pastor Ebony taught last week, is that Many times there are things in our past that not just need to be dealt with, but sometimes need to be brought back because they can be, they can be a key to a door in your future. Amen. In other words, how many of us believe that God is not a loser? Amen. Amen. And by a loser, I'm not talking about that he's, he's a bad God. What I'm talking about is that he does not lose any resources. Amen? Amen. I don't believe that God is the type of God that will, will make a deal or create a situation or an event where he will lose something out of that. But I believe that my God does not lose any resource. So you have to understand that just as the word says, that what the enemy meant for evil, he'll what? So that means that even the bad situations in your life are good resources needed for your endeavors. Can you say amen to that if you believe that? Amen. So there's no lost resources. And if you have something deep, dark in the crevice of your closet, you best to believe that there is something that God is going to use it for. Amen. That that hurt, that pain, that rejection, that molestation, that rape, that whatever it was, that abortion, has a purpose in your life. That is not something that you can just take to the grave but there's something that you're going to have to speak life into sooner or later, bring it back, and use it because it's going to be a stepping stone toward the destiny that you're heading to. If you believe that, come on, clap your hands. I don't think that God would have let you be hurt in vain. I don't think that God would have let you be divorced in vain. I don't think that God would have let you be bankrupt in vain. I don't think that God would have let you be rejected in vain. But for everything, there is a purpose for what you've been through. It was the disparity of my homelessness that led me to New Jersey. In leading me to New Jersey, I found the Lord. In finding the Lord, I found my wife. In finding my wife, I started my ministry. In finding my ministry, I met you all. So if I had to rewind everything again, I would say it was good for me that I was stricken. It was good for me that I was homeless. It was good for me that what happened happened to me because now I have you in my life. And many of us will reject the treasures of our future because we don't know the path that we're taking towards it. We'll reject things before they come because we don't know what lies at the end of that journey, what lies at the end of the tunnel. But look at somebody and say, don't you just quit yet? Because there's something greater on the other side of your pain. Come on, give God some glory. I want to talk to you all about the subject matter. What's in God's closet? What's in God's closet? We, we spoke about your closet, my closet, his closet, her closet, our closet. But I wonder what's in God's closet. Does God even have a closet? 
The Bible said that he has a home. The Bible said that he has many mansions. And last time I checked, mansions has one of the biggest closets I've ever seen. They don't have just regular closet, Minister Harry. They have walk-in closets, drive-in closets. They have closets that look like other apartments in there. You ever see these rich and famous people? And I'm like, oh, I want to show you my wardrobe. And you go in there, you actually get lost. You'll be like, how do we come out of here? What's the door? Got three doors. They got a closet in the closet. That's crazy. So, so I believe this is me. I know how my mind works. I believe that God has a closet. And in his closet, he has wardrobes. The reason I came to this derivative that God has closets is because of this. Check this out. Because God wears many outfits. He is the son of man in one instant. In another instant, he is the Holy Spirit. In another instant, he is the robe or the garment of praise. In another instant, he is the holy dove that descends down. In another instant, he is the robe of righteousness. In another instance, the Bible teaches us of Christophilies. Christophilies are physical manifestations in the Old Testament where God showed himself in another form. Melchizedek was a type of that form. The two men that came and spoke with Abraham was a type of that form. The angels that came down and saved Lot from Sodom and Gomorrah is a type of form. Those are type of Christophilies. So he has many forms that he comes about. The Bible calls him uh, 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 the, the, the eagle that hovers over. He says that he has a bosom. He is the arm of God. There's many forms of who he is. So if there's many garments that he wears, then he must have a closet. I said all that just to say closet. <laughs> he must have a closet. But the question so much is not whether or not he has a closet, Bishop. What's in it? What's in it? Because we, we, we use closets in a wrong way. We use closets to keep things away, to keep things back. I told you last week that the closet holds our perceptions. What I mean by that is that look, just look around. Just look around you. Don't judge. Just look around. <laughs> Tend to look with judging eyes. What you're wearing today came out of your closet. Or your drawer, your cover, whatever, but a closet nevertheless. So you, what you put on today is giving the person who's looking at you a perception of you. Whether you believe, oh, listen, this outfit fits me, it doesn't fit me, whatever. It's giving the person a perception of you. Your colors that you chose today, the, the, the shorts, the pants, the t-shirts, whatever. You chose that today. You put that outfit together because you wanted to give the people a perception of who you are and the people are taking that perception in. And likewise, in God's closet, he also puts different perceptions of himself that therefore you can accept them at how he wants you to accept them. See, see, the Bible tells us that no man has seen God, my brother. So, so see, God can show himself naked because he will blow your mind. But then he goes into his closet and he puts on what is necessary to get your attention. That's why some of us can respond to the spirit and the presence of God differently than other people. Because it's how he dresses himself to impress his people. I want to take you to some scripture so we can bring this into perspective. 
Go to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, one of my favorite chapters, favorite, favorite chapters. I ate, slept, drank this chapter at the beginning of my ministry. I love this part of Ezekiel's life because of the significance uh, of what God is trying to show the men of God. I want you to keep this in mind. Anytime when you read the Bible, when you hear a preacher preach or a teacher teach or whatever, always take this in mind. God is always and forever a teacher. He's always teaching you something. So you always ask yourself, God, what must I learn from what's being said? His words are so powerful and they're not spoken in vain that everything that, that is regurgitated from God's mouth, it is bread to us. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? So you have to understand that every opportunity that the word comes out is nutritional fact for you. Amen? Good. So look what he says, Ezekiel 37. I want to read this, a couple of verses. Uh, I want to read all the way down to the 14th verse. So it's going to get to the main. You don't have to stand. <clears throat> but then I want to break it down a little bit. Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37, we're going to start at verse 1. Amen? Now, this is the story of the dry bones. And the title says, Dry Bones Live. Dry Bones Live. I'm going to break everything down for you as much as I can within the next 25 minutes. Help me. <laughs> then the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out. Somebody say out. 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 Brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. And he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were many very dry, uh, many um, in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O oh Lord God, you know. Kind of like sarcastic. And he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, these bones surely will I cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live, and I will put sinews and bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Then you shall know that I am Lord thy God. So I prophesied as I was commanded. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and suddenly a rattling and the bones came together bone to bone indeed as I looked and the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them all over and there was no breath in them also he said to me prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to the breath thus says the Lord come from the four wings O breath and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they lived. And they stood upon their feet. An exceedingly great army. Then he said to me. Son of man. These bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say. Our bones are dry. And our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them. Thus says the Lord. Behold, O oh my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from the graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord, your God. When I have opened your graves and, and my people and brought you up from the graves, I will put my spirit in you 
and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then, somebody said then. Then. Then you shall know that I am Lord, and have spoken it, performed it, and I have said the form. Amen. Can we give God just a hand of praise real quick? Amen. Amen. The topic today is what's in God's closet. The key of this scripture over here is then you will know. Then you will know that I am Lord. God is trying to prove himself to you. God is trying to show you and those around you that he is God all by himself. That he can do it all by himself. He's trying to show you that he can be your God in the midst of a bad situation and a good situation. That I'm not just the God of the happy people. I'm also the God of the bad people, of the unhappy people. That I can show you that I am God. He's trying to prove to you. Because many a times we go through circumstances in our life, Minister Harry, and we believe that God is not God because of what's happening to us. But God wants to show us that in spite of what you're going through, he's still God. He's still in control. He's still all-powerful. He still knows what he's doing. He's the one who called you to walk through that valley, David. And just because you're having a bad day does not make God any less of a God than when he started being God. So he said, I'm going to prove to you because the scripture tells us that God is the God who gives life and also takes life away. That I am God in the midst of your up and your down, your good and your disparity because I'm trying to prove to you that my character remains unchanged no matter what adversity the world brings to you. Can you wear a wardrobe like God wears and still be unblemished when you walk in the midst of dirt? I had to put it plain like that. I had to put it plain like that because if God can go in his closet and put on righteousness and walk in the midst of unrighteousness but come out with a clean garment, can you do the same thing with what's in your closet? Oh my God, that's good. You ever heard that Capital One commercial? <laughs> what's in your wallet? What's in your closet? <laughs> Because, because watch this, because this is why I, 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 I'm challenging you, or rather, you know, mentor mine told me, you know, you don't use the word challenge, use the word opportunity. I'm giving you the opportunity to, to, to allow God to show you who he is in the midst of your situation, because if God can say that you are made and formed in his image, but yet Moses you're not walking like God, talking like God, speaking like God, bringing life like God, but yet you say you're godly, your garments are very different. What did you put on this morning that represents godliness? If, if God can put something on to captivate your attention today, do you put something on to captivate somebody's attention that needs God in your life? I'm just trying to help y'all. Watch this. The, the, the word of God says that God uh, 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 took the man of God, Ezekiel. It says that the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out. Let's just work with that for a minute. The hand 
of the Lord, the hand of the Lord. The Bible says that the arm of God is Jesus Christ. The hand is what you work with, right? How many of you are right-handed? You're right-handed, right? Most of the majority of people. How many of you use your right hand, I would say, about uh, 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 maybe 80 to 90 percent during the daytime, right? You, you've used your hand most of the time. That's what I'm trying to get at, right? If you got an itch, you, you probably use your right hand, right? If you got to pass somebody something, you use your right hand. If, if you got a, you know, hell a cow, whatever, you probably use your right hand. What I'm trying to tell you is that your, your hands are very important, right? Your hands are, are what manifest the action of what your internal body is thinking about. So when he said that the hand of God came upon me, he's saying that the action of God came upon me because it caused a separation between my flesh and the spirit. There was something that God did in my life that caused me to come out on my, on my, on my flesh because what he needed to show me, he needed to show me it in the spirit. See, many of us are too attached to our flesh. Many of us go through situations, our flesh gets hurt, so we want to react in our flesh. But God is saying, that's my arm bringing you out so that you can see in the spirit what I'm trying to take you. But God, show me in the, in the natural form. You can't handle it in the natural form because i got to show you the strategy in the spirit that when it becomes manifest, it's going to be an army that you'll be able to handle. Many of us, you know how many times I pray for a million? I mean, actually, million. I, I lay hands on the lottery. I lay hands on the. I, I'm sorry, I did it. I've been, I've been there. Don't act. Don't you, don't you dare judge me. I'll rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And I thought that was it. I'm like, man, you know, I was going to bless Sister Nina. I was going to bless, you know. I was going to bless everybody, you know. And, 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 you know, I lay hands on it, and, man, I ain't getting nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. Because God revealed to me, you know, he said to me, he said, boy, you can't even handle 10,000 if I give it to you right now. You can't. See, some of us, tell me, watch this. Some of us, too much, are, are too compassionate sometimes. They'll rob you blind. I'm not, trying, I'm not telling you don't have a big heart That's true. But sometimes God has to manage your compassion Because you know sometimes we use it as validation To, to, to get out of where we at And last night we went to uh, the spirit cruise thing And, and um, you know they told me that I had to get my ticket validated To get out of the parking lot when I knew that the parking lot, it was like a robot, you know, that the arm was a robot. So I kept telling people it's a robot. They were like, what the heck are you talking about? It was a robot. I mean, there's no people. It's a robot. So I'm like, who's going to validate my ticket? I need a live person to validate my ticket. Because I was trying to pay no $15 for parking. Darn. Call me cheap if you want to. So I was, I was, I was telling all the crew members, like, where do I get my ticket validated? Where do I get my ticket validated? And Bishop was like, listen, just keep going. They probably be like, I'm like, no, somebody got to validate my ticket because... How I'm gonna get out? And it's just a robot. So, long story short, I get to the to the end of the store. You know, we're in the parking lot now. We're driving around trying to get the exit. We come to the exit. It's just like I said, it's the robot. So I just look at Bishop like, you mm -hmm, the robot. So there was a button there that said assistance. So I pressed the button, and then the live person came out. And I was telling the person, I put my ticket in. I was about to put my credit card and pay for parking. And she said to me, uh, wait a minute, we can validate it. Give me the number on the stuff that you had to go in, in the restaurant that you were in. 
So I pulled my card out real quick. I said, whoa, wait a minute. So I gave her the number, and she was able to validate my ticket through the computer. And then the robot opened his arm. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> what I'm trying to tell you is that sometimes we use excuses of certain things in our life to validate certain things, and this not opening the exit for us to come out. You know, when we say stuff like, oh, God, you know my heart. You know, I love it. I help so many people if you just give me that money. Yeah. That validation ain't going to open the, the door. Because God, listen, I'm trying to, because God is trying to do something supernatural with you, something on another level. The Bible said that when the, the bones came together, it was an exceedingly great army. Mm-hmm. It was an army. See, God is trying to take you to a level that you yet have yet to know. You're talking about three or four people. God is saying, no, I want you to be over an army. So that's why I got to train you in the spirit. And every now and then his arm comes to separate us from the fleshly perspective so that we can see in the spirit and get the strategy to where we're going. Say amen if you believe that. Come on, give God some glory. He said, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out. Look at somebody say, brought me out. And brought me out. Listen, I know you get like Drake. You get in your feelings every now and then. I know that sometimes it hurts. I know that sometimes when people don't acknowledge you, don't embrace you, don't say something to you. I know it hurts. But every now and then, you got to be brought out of what you're going through. You got to see yourself out of it. You got to see yourself out the hole. You got to say, ain't nothing wrong with me. Ain't nothing wrong with me. I didn't do nothing wrong. I still love God. I'm still anointed. I'm still cold. I'm still consecrated. I'm still saved. I'm still filled with the Holy Spirit. It ain't me. But we take that victim mentality instead of that victim characteristic and we start blaming ourselves and looking on ourselves and focusing on our blemishes and all these things. And God is saying, separate yourself from what you're going through. Imagine if Jesus would have been one with the crucifixion. Now get me right, get me right. I mean if he would have embraced everything he went through and started being judgmental through us. Every whip, every lash you would have remembered. Yeah, I remember you, Pilate. Yeah, you yeah, you the one who sent me over there. No, 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 don't you say nothing, Caiaphas. Because you got them all around me. And Peter, you better shut your mouth because you didn't even defend me. Watch, watch this, watch this. He, he, he had to let it go because where he was going, it would attain the character of what he was going to represent. On earth, he was representing humanity's sin. When sin got smitten, he took off that garment, put it in his closet. Put on the garment of righteousness, walk into heaven, and said, Now I represent humanity paid in full. What you gonna do, God? So every time when God is in his throne and he and he sees the accuser Satan, the accuser of the brethren, Satan talking about you, he looks at Jesus and sees no sin because he changed his garment and looks at righteousness. That's why I say you can talk about me all you want because Jesus 
is standing in front of me and all God sees is glory. All God sees is garment. All God sees is praise. All God sees is glory. If that don't make you get up out your seat, I don't know what will. Wardrobe ain't like mine. I feel sometimes like a, a convicted criminal sometimes that though they have you in the orange jumpsuit, the person representing you can represent you even better than you can represent yourself. And God is representing us right now. This wardrobe is good. So so look at somebody and say, you sometimes you gotta come out. You gotta come out your circumstances. You know, it ain't, it ain't hard, you know. She probably going through something. Yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta convince yourself of this stuff. You know, it, it ain't Mac, you know, maybe Mac's not feeling well today. You know, you know, it, it ain't her, you know, maybe she going through something right now. You know, you gotta bring yourself out of that. Like keep yourself clean, keep yourself consecrated, because where God is taking you, you need that. Where God is taking you, it's like no other. God wants you not to bring anything from your past into your future. Because though you're losing dollars today, tomorrow you could be losing millions. Don't you know that things multiply? Several relationships today can be several nations tomorrow. Look what happened between uh, uh, Ishmael and Isaac, two brothers that were meant to be together, that were meant to grow together, were gossiped of a mother's jealousy and putting them out. Now we have nations against each other. You have the nation of Islam, that's Ishmael, against the nation of Israel, that's Isaac, fighting for one another for years to come over the Father's blessing instead of embracing each other and being one like God called them to be. You can't tell me that what you do today won't affect you tomorrow. Let me step on your pinky toe today. I'll bet you that tomorrow when I need a dollar, you won't look in my way not even once. Not him. He stepped on my pinky toe. Come on, get God some glory. He says, he says, I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. Bishop, you hit on this so well. You know, praise him. Hit on this so well when it was talking about the spirit of God. He says, the spirit of the Lord has set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of both the spirit of the Lord. It was the spirit who did it. When you received the Holy Spirit, it wasn't God the Father. It wasn't God the Son. The spirit you said yes to brought you up, put you in the midst of God. He put you in that circumstance. He put you in that divorce. He put you in that bad kids. He put you in the midst of that bad ministry. He put you in the midst because there's something inside of you that you can do to tell those bones. Stop complaining. Stop looking for another church. Stop going here and there. Stop church hopping. I need to find me a church that fits. I need to find a church that suits me. I need something tailor me, custom me. Don't you know that the Spirit of God is like the Word? He'll cut you up. He'll separate you. He's molding you right now. He put you in the midst there. Don't blame the pastor. Don't blame the apostle, the bishop, the elder. God put you there because there's something in you that you need to speak. This is why nothing happening because you come to church. And... That's right. Well, don't say it Hallelujah. Speak a word to save your life. I see things, bitch. I see things. Yeah, but what are you speaking? 
What are you saying? What are you interceding? What are you putting out? What are you putting out into the atmosphere? Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's times when I felt like not even saying hi to none of you. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you. I'm being real. I feel like I see how none of y'all, and I come in here, I even tell them, I say, listen, I don't want to talk to nobody, please get me in and out, but what I do in the midst of it, I say, you know what, I got to speak life, so I start embracing people, I start encouraging people, I start with her, I start with Bishop, I start with problems. I start telling people, because I got to change my atmosphere, I got to understand that I've been called a vessel of God, I am the mouthpiece of God, I am the prophet, speaking life, and if no one speaks life into your situation, don't get mad when nobody else will. Don't expect others to do what you're supposed to do. Come on, somebody. Look at somebody say, he put me in the midst. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say that again. I think you should have said, he put me in the midst. That circumstance. That situation. That problem. Yeah, the funds being low. Yeah, that relationship. God put you in there. If he's so omnipotent, if he's so omniscient, if he is so all-powerful, you think God slipped up and said, oops, I didn't mean to put you there, I'm sorry. Uh, let me, I'll pull you out in about three to five years. Just give me some time, I'm dealing with him right now. But I'll come down. No, God is all-powerful. He knows exactly what he's doing. He put you there. He knew that you would put your hand in the cookie jar and take that cookie out and be convicted of something you didn't do. But still, God is good. I subjected you there so that you can understand that if I can put you there, you can bring yourself out by my power because I'm just that good. I'm bad all by myself. I want to show you that I'm the God that can put you in the lion's den, shut the lion's mouth up, and you'll come out like nothing. I can make the lion say, human is not on the menu today. I can make the lions go vegan today. Uh, I'm just trying to tell you God wants to use you to show himself out I want to use you to show myself out somebody give him glory he set you down in the midst of the valley set, he set set you down he set you down look at somebody say he set me down it's a setup. He he set you down. He 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 set he set you down. But 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 he sets you down, not so far from him, but close to him. It's a close set. Oh oh my God! Look at that. It's a close set. It's a close set. I'm watching you. I'm still in the midst of your problem. I'm walking when you walk it. It's a it's an intimate set. I know that you feel like you're gonna lose your mind. I know you feel like you're gonna pull your hair out, but it's a closed set. It's a closed set. Nothing can come in, nothing can go out. It's a closed set, it's a closet. It's a closed set, it's a closet, it's a closed set. I know what I'm doing. The atmosphere is control, the temperature is control. I know who comes in, I know who comes out. You won't put he won't put more on you than you can bear. It's a closed set, it's a closet, a closed set. I Close this set and I set you in it. I set you in it and I close the door. No more demons can allow you. can only afford 12 demons. You can only handle 12 demons. But guess what? When you handle those 12, I'll open it up and I'll break 24 just to get your 
combine your blood flowing just to get your body moving. I'm trying to train you. I'm trying to discipline you. I'm trying to bring you higher heights, deeper depth. It's a process. You gotta believe God that everything He has is in control. The set is closed. Like the movies. You see all these glorious things in the movies, and the explosion, and the building comes down, and the car tips over, and the tank boom shoots, and boom explosions everywhere. And you see it through four perspectives on what we call a big screen, and you think that that thing is going on in real life. But when you look at behind the scenes, it's in a warehouse studio somewhere in LA. It's a closed set. How do they make it rain? Through sprinklers. The explosion, why doesn't it get out of control? Because they're controlled. How is it that the car gets blown up and thrown 180 feet but it doesn't come out of the warehouse? It's controlled. It's a closed set. It's a closed set. God has your life in a closed set. He won't let you bear too much to the left. He won't let you bear too much to the right. He got you right in line, baby. He knows exactly what you're going. Sometimes life acts as bumpers, and they funnel us into our destiny. See, we don't want to go. Sometimes we get distracted. We're like, oh, man, I want to talk to her. But it becomes a funnel, boom, and a bumper, and it just bumps me right into life. And little by little, I'm inching myself into the destiny that God has for me. And all of these disparities happen in my life your spurs and bumping me right into where I need to be before you know it. You're crying too much like Mary Magdalene crying because she lost her master and through the blurry visions of her tears she was able to see that her master was always there. Look at somebody say God's in control. It's a close set. It's a close set. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold there were many in the open valley indeed there were many very dry bones he said son of man can these bones live I want to talk about that for a minute <coughs> I'm almost done our prayer has always been God you do it Amen. God please take this away God please do that God please give me God please cause that God, we want you to do it. You do it. You do it. You do it. God, by your spirit, by your spirit, you do it. You do it. But God is saying to you, can you do it? <clears throat> can you cause these things to live? I, listen, I already have a track record. You already seen him. He raised Lazarus from the dead. He raised a little girl, right? When he said to me, to go mine. He, he, he's done so many wonders. When are you going to start doing yours? When are you going to allow the Spirit of God to, yes, put you on as the garment and operate through you? <clears throat> and the reason he needs to put you on is because, watch this, many people won't always accept me. But they'll accept the, the teacher. They'll accept the baby. They'll accept the man. So if you allow God to go into your closet, and put you on as his garment. How many more works can he do? How many more influences can he affect? How many more people can he touch? Jesus said it. He said, yes, yes, I, I've done great works, but you'll do greater works. 
Amen. He said, watch this. I'm going to put it to you real, real, real simple. He, he says, let my spirit abide in you. Let, let me put you on. You are the temple. I'm the spirit in the temple. You, you are the garment. So if, if, you, if you let go of your closet and come into my closet, I can put you on. I can, I can come in you. I can use you to do what thus says the Lord. And it's the spirit of God inside of you, but it's your garment that people are going to see. Most people won't accept me, but they'll accept my wife. Most people won't accept my wife, but they'll accept me because it's the perspective of garment that you have in the world. So now I ask you the question, what's in God's closet? Hmm. <clears throat> Let me follow you up with another question. Where is God's closet? <clears throat> and behold, there were very many in the open valley. The valley is indicative of the world, the earth. This is the valley. So where is God's closet? Here. The valley, the earth. This is the closet. The earth is the Lord and the so, so so if the earth is his closet, then you are his garments. You are his garments. Amen. He maybe he want to come today. He said, you know what? I think I'll, I'll put on Pastor Linda. I'll put on Pastor Linda on and, and I'm gonna operate as Pastor Linda. And then the Spirit of God just uses Pastor Linda like never before. Just doing all kinds of crazy things. Maybe he'll put on Sister Tasha today. He'll put on Sister Rose today. Brother Nate today. He'll put you on. Only if you allow yourself to be wore out. Because right, right. <laughs> watch this. Because you can't be worn in. Because if you're worn inside, nobody's going to see you. So you have to be wore out. Well, let me put it this way, right? God has outfits in his closet because outfits fit out. Mm. I'm, I'm done with this. <laughs> if we all wear God in here, I understand we can have a lovely fashion show. Who are you wearing? I'm wearing Jesus. <laughs> Purple carpet. But outfits are meant to fit out. That's good. To, 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 to gasp people's attention. You were, you were, watch, I'm going to take a read back. You remember back in the day, I'm sorry, I, just trust me on this one. <laughs> you remember back in the day, first day of school, man, I remember high school, man, I was, man, fresh, man, I had my gear, you know, the night before, I had my sneakers, I had my pants laid out, iron and everything, man, holding up to the mirror, I'm like, I'm going to kill them today. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm like, and then you come to, you come to school, you'll be like, that nice swag. You got like little gasoline, like yeah, man. You know what's that? Oh, them, them some Grand Hills, yeah. No, I went back. My bad. Grand Hills make no sneakers in a minute. Went to the mall in Pennsylvania, saw some Grand Hills. I'm like, yo, these are Grand Hills. Everybody looking at me like. But you was ready to be impressive. You was ready to captivate people's attention. You was ready to turn heads. And it's the same thing when you put something you find in your closet. You be like, oh man, that's it right there. Oh man, you 
hold it up, man. You got it, man. You already got your jewelry to go with. You got your shoes on. Man, I'm going to kill him. And when you put him out there, you, and if somebody don't look at you, what you do? <laughs> oh, man, that's like all these things, man. I just pulled it out. I'm going to Oh, this thing, man, man, this thing. You know, back in your mind, you're like, yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. That's the same way every morning. I'm closer with this. I'm closer with this. Every morning when you, when you put on the garment of praise, when you put on the helmet of salvation, when you put on the breastplate of righteousness, when you put on the 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 the, 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 the sandals preparation of the gospel, when you put on the belt of truth, when you put on the spirit of God, yeah. expect to turn heads. Yeah. Expect Amen. to be noticed. Right. Expect to do the godly thing. Not, not the Miguel thing. Don't, don't put on me. If I put me on, trust me, you, you ain't gonna like what you see. But, but if I if I let Christ put me on and I put on Christ, me Amen. and him, him and me. And I can come and turn head. Watch this. And you may look like a regular person, but this is how you bedazzle people. You know, God bless you today. I, I just hope that you have a great day. You know, can I pay for your coffee today? I know it's just a dollar. I just want to pay for your coffee. Who are you? Don't worry. You don't need to know who I am. Listen, I just want to pray for you. Well, what denomination are you? Don't worry about me. I just want to pray for you. In the name of Jesus. I want to turn heads. I want to encourage you. I want to do things that Christ did himself. The Bible makes a reference. Watch this. It says that Christ's physical appearance. I don't know if he was white, he was black, he was Middle Eastern, he was curly hair. I don't know. To the truth, truth, I don't care. I don't care. Because it was what he did, not how he looked. But there's a reference in the Bible that said that when Christ, about the age of 30-something, they, they reference him to look like a 50-year-old man. That's how beat up his physical body looked. And what I'm trying to tell you is that though he looked one way, the spirit that he wore was one that was eternal. It had no age. People never looked at his physical appearance, but only at what he did. He fed people. He embraced people. His, 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 his posse were those that were down and out. Sinners. People that were rejected. Watch this. People that were in sin could not make it to the temple because of the sinful blemish. So what the word did was come out the temple and dwell with the people. Somehow, the glory did not stay inside these four walls. But put on what the world looked like. It came out amongst the people. Tabernacle again amongst the prostitutes. The, 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 the liars, the sinners, and sat and ate with them and broke bread with them. So somehow you destiny. I'm asking you, it's time to clean our closets. It's time to bring everything out. It's time. To let the glory of God get out of these four walls. Let God put you on. Put yourself on God. Let God lead you to be.
be a blessing and influence a powerful, powerful encouragement to somebody that's in need. I want you to bedazzle people with your spirit to turn head with his glory and let people know yeah, I'm worried. Jesus Christ today. Come on, give God some glory. Come on, everybody standing. Let's give God some glory. Let's praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank 